Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. bit of zip. Zampa will be the final wicket in the last ball of the game. And that emotive man, the captain of India, tells us the story. Australia, India today. The bales didn't come off. David Warner didn't go bang and Australia didn't fire. But India pretty much had a perfect game, according to their captain, Virat Kohli. This is Australia's first loss in the World Cup. India are still unbeaten. Today, I'm with Gareth Batty, who after some success earlier in the season, fortunately returned to form with no wickets in his last match. (laughs) And we're going to look at a game from his home ground at the Oval. You're listening to Following On. Welcome to Following On with myself, Jared Kimber, and Gareth Batty. Let's start with Bats hearing from the winning captain, Virat Kohli. Top, top win for us, especially after you know losing that series in India. Uh, we had a little point to prove and um, to beat this side, which was playing really good cricket uh, in the last two games that they played as well. So I think we just came here with intent um, right from ball one when we were batting. I think uh, the opening partnership was outstanding. Um, I got a few runs, you know, Hardik, the way he played, MS. I think, as you said, it was absolutely absolute perfect game for us and with the ball as well it was an absolutely brilliant start on a wicket that was quite flat to be honest um, but yeah we, we were very professional again with the way we played and that always pleases you as a captain So many of your one day wins in recent times have been scripted by the bowlers they made you know the impact and the match winning impact but this one the batsman can take sole credit for this because once that total was set up no matter what the conditions you're looking at one likely winner Look, I mean, um, you again have to bowl well as well. Um, you can't just take things for granted just because you have 350 plus on the board. Um, yeah, but I mean, those 30 runs extra always gives you a luxury. A 320 compared to a 350 is a whole different ball game. Um, as I said, opening partnership was really good. Uh, Rohit got out, unfortunately. Shikhar converted into 100. A brilliant again. One of the top three getting 100. Mm. Um, so then I was holding one end and we decided to send Hardik into Cashin and he could just hit from ball one. You know, then we had 
had a conversation that I should hold one end so that he can express himself. I did that job in between. I got a few boundaries as well. So I think all in all, the way we wanted to play, we were able to play like that and that always pleases you, as I said. Exactly. I think it went according to plans. I loved the versatility as well through the innings, you know, the change of gears from different batsmen depending on who was at the opposite end. About bowling, I mean, you can talk forever about Bumrah and Chehel and Kuldeep also bowled well. Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, because there was a bit of a toss-up between him and Shami for the first game. You pick Bhuvi and what a choice it's been. Well, for us, I mean, if, if Shami plays, it has to be, you know, proper overcast conditions and the pitch has to offer a lot. Bhuvi, you can't take Bhuvi's performances for granted in the one-day format. He's been a champion bowler for us, you know, picks up wickets with the new ball and with the old ball as well. Today, I think that those two wickets in one over of uh, Steve and uh, Stoinis was uh, a little bit of a game-changer for us. Uh, you know, they, they were stringing in a partnership and then he gets uh, two people out. So, yeah, very, very professional again. Um, I, I don't really have anything to say because these guys are so, so experienced now and so professional in what they do, you hardly need to say anything to them. A few discussions here and there and they're off, you know, they know exactly what they want to do. And the good thing is that uh, the plans are being executed at the moment, which is a, is a very good thing for the team. Gareth, how are you? Very well, sir. Yourself? Not too bad. How did you see the game from your... You weren't even at the Oval. No, I wasn't. I was watching most of it on the TV at home, but um, I would agree to a massive extent with Corey that uh, India played almost a perfect game. Um, you would the one thing that just nags at the back of your mind being five down and, and being 350 could they have been 380 and seven down could somebody have pushed a button a fraction earlier but who am I who is anybody to criticise a team that gets 350 and then bowls like they did well let um, me do it now yeah, absolutely <laughs> I think they could have got 380 and I, I understand and, and Coley said in, in the presser there that you know essentially they were um, he was trying to keep one end up and, and I totally understand but they were two wickets down and they had Hardik Pandya swinging up they had Kale Rahul um, Keda Yadav um, you know uh, not to mention Boovy they had so much hitting power to come in if they wanted it it's a very interesting plan that they have they really really you know go as late as possible don't they and they usually only go from one end it's I think it's a little bit risky. I think it's because maybe 18 months ago their batting lineup wasn't quite as deep and quite as explosive as it is now. Uh, Pandy has been around a little while, but certainly I would suggest certainly this last IPL that's just been and the last few internationals one day he's really, really put his foot down and he looks the real deal. You know, he is uh, the epitome of somebody that goes in and strikes and strikes the ball so beautifully well. He's managing to get offside of the ball to bring in that leg side and he hits it up and out of the ballpark miles. Um, they do just have wonderful power Dorney wow he's back to his best if not probably better than he's ever been in the last eight months he's been magnificent in all forms of the game so uh, you look at it and you just think could you but the pessimists out there and the people that, that would talk about the stats of the game and the people that talk about get the score on the board, India played a perfect game. They didn't take any risk. They didn't give Australia a sniff and they got the icing at the cake at the end. So maybe had it been a different team with a more powerful, deeper batting lineup, they'd have pushed a button a little bit earlier. What about the bowling? Does India have the best bowling in the tournament? They certainly have the best variations. Um, Chalal's had a wonderful start, hasn't he? Bumrah, if there's a better quick bowler out there, I, I don't, I've not seen him. Uh, and that's no disrespect to any of the other fast bowlers. I mean, I Stark think. is in this game, and you've said that, which says so much about Bumrah, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, Stark's a wonderful bowler. He really is. Didn't have a wonderful day today, but in one day cricket, that's going to happen. You're not going to clean up every single time. But the guy we're talking about, he either goes for no runs at all, 
and goes for 40, which is unheard of, or he takes the wickets like he did today, and it's generally big wickets. He's such a massive, massive part. The foil for him is... Um, the other end, Kumar, I think he goes about it brilliantly. Got the big wicket today. Smith, you know, just when you think he's building an innings, played beautifully. And then the spin options. The spin options are good. They're very, very astute about how they use the bowlers as well. They, they have their allotted places to bowl, yes. But they'll have players where they know that certain bowlers have got the wool over them and they'll use them so well. I think uh, they're such a well-oiled unit. They really are. And I, what I was really impressed at today was the way they got rid of Hardik Pandey really early on. They were willing for him to go for a little bit more runs because they knew that the real pressure for Australia was going to be later on. I think Australia probably missed a trick at not attacking his bowling um, early on, but it meant that Boomer had six overs left. I think it was I think it was 15 overs to go, and he had about six of them, which meant that the chances of you scoring 12 and over at that point just not non-existent. Uh, the question is, is that a pre-game plan? Uh, was it the plan that, you know, Pandya gets you wickets, but he generally... He leaks runs as well because he's that sort of cricketer, you know, he's explosive, he wants things to happen, he's not going to sit in and wait. Did they think, look, you know, Australia have got their top four and they rely so heavily on that top four to get the bulk of the runs. Do we go with Pandy, who's got some pace uh, and he's, he's quite prepared to ruffle feathers and do all the different uh, tricks that uh, the bowlers have got? You know, do they take that punt and say, well, if he gets one of the big boys out, then we are home and dry anyway. But if not, we're not losing anything by, by him being up front and we make it very difficult for their hitting ability at the back end with Bumbra having so many in, in the bank. And um, Pandya actually did get hit in one over. He went for 19. So they used him in the power play. That's how early they used him. Uh, someone else who was in the power play was Aaron Finch, who unfortunately for himself, uh, well, allowed David Warner to run him out. Here he is talking to Sky after the game. I think they got 120 off the last 10 overs, which which is a lot. Um, we probably we didn't bowl our best stuff. Uh, but that, saying that, when you've got wickets in hand and you've got damaging players to come, I think the, the first, we struggled to get wickets early on, and, and that was the key. When you've got experienced guys and powerful guys, that are coming in and, and got some time to bat and, and get themselves in before they have to go makes it tough to, to stop anyone. I've been a huge fan of uh, the kind of seam bowling quality you have in your side but somehow today it didn't uh, come across with the result that we expected. Would you put that down to pitch or the way you bowled? I think being a used surface didn't, certainly didn't help with the, the new ball. There, there wasn't a huge amount on offer there. Um, saying that, we, we could have been a little bit straighter. We could have been a little bit more back of a length to, to dry it up a little bit at times. But that's tough because you want to get wickets early. You know, with their batting lineup, with it, they've got so many good players throughout the order and then they bat very deep as well that you you want to go for wickets. And, and, and you have to do that. So uh, it's just one of those games. They, they just outplayed us. Uh, would you be thinking of any kind of bowling combination change? I know it's very soon after the game, but somebody, a specialist bowler in, somebody like Nathan Lyon to add more variety or a Berendorf left arm seamer, you're happy with the current combination? Oh, you look at everything. And yeah. like I said before the game, you, you assess the conditions and, and we're off down to Taunton tomorrow. So we'll have a look at the wicket down there when we get there and then we'll be in a better place to make a decision on that kind of stuff. But, but you, you look for different combinations and different balances all the time. And when you got out and your reaction was understandable, anybody batsman at that stage would have felt the same way you're looking so good man the rhythm was set and your wicket I think was one of the turning points in that uh, run chase yeah right. I get it in, yeah you are rubbing it in but it's one of the
those things. Yeah. Um, your, your backyard partner's call, I could have said no. Uh, it was just one of those things. We we're, were looking to start picking up the tempo a little bit. and um, Yeah, that, that happens in a game of cricket. There's 10 ways to get out, and yeah. I found one of them. Yeah. Final question, uh, David Warner, slightly different Warner that we saw today. Anything that anyone can look into it, or is it just one of those things? I think they bowled really well to him early. And, okay. and uh, the wicket it was a touch low when we first started our batting innings. So the way that he played, it probably had to take a little bit more time, which is fine. We, we, we still managed to catch it up. And um, oh, David's a great player. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a world-class player, and he'll, and he'll bounce back and, and get us off to a fly. I mean, that, that's up to both of us. When, when, we're not, when we're both not going, it, it can be tough. And uh, we probably just struggled to feed each other the strike when we weren't, when we weren't getting that consistent boundary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So that was, that was Finch, who was, to be fair, fairly upbeat. It's their first loss to the tournament. If you're going to lose to anyone, you might as well lose to um, one of the best teams. You obviously know him quite well. He's a fairly even character, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he could go out and get... Uh, we've had him majority for 2020. He could go out and get 100 in 40 balls, 30 balls, and he'd be sat in the changing room just like he'd got out first ball. There's the, he's a pretty even guy. Um, he's very grounded. Um, it, there's no airs and graces about him. He's just a, a very fine individual that backs it up with you know wonderful numbers uh, in his uh, in his international career at the minute. Um, I, I think he will take to captaincy of the duck, duck to water. I think he'll get the best out of this Australian team. It's not an easy period for them because they're already copping a bit of stick from the crowd. Uh, you know the two fellas in question. We don't need to name them. We don't need to elaborate on it. But I think. 
behind the scenes, Fincher will be pulling that group in together. He'll be knitting everything as 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 good as it can be with such a very short period of time to to get those guys back integrated into the team and and everybody feeling comfortable with the booze and all this sort of stuff going on. The the outside noise is generally the thing you want to control, and I think Finch, being such a, a level guy, will be uh, managing that pretty well. Is that he is level, but he does have a little bit of a temper. Just as he goes out, um, I don't know if you saw today, but he slammed his bat into the side, <laughs> into the change room as he went in. What, what I want to ask you is, has he ever done it on the other side of the change room? Because that's the away change room. I, I want to know if he's the only person in the history who's maybe going to get uh, charged for damaging both sides of the change room at the Oval. We did have a game when Kevin Peterson went in the calf a TV game and ran Aaron Finch out and we saw that angry side again and Finchy rightly so it was uh, it was a bit of a a cock up to say the least and um, Finchy was on the receiving end that day bizarrely enough there was no uh, not not too many histrionics in the change room from bat whacking and all that sort of thing there were a few uh, cho- choice words and a few uh, choice uh, we'll have a chat once you come off sir but um no, I think he had every route on that occasion. David Warner today was, he made 56 off 84 balls, uh, about as slow as he can bat, I think, physically. I'm not sure he can, I'm not sure he, he scores much slower than that in test cricket. Um, he doesn't look like the same all-powerful player he was a couple of years ago. He's obviously, he's turned himself into probably the best runner between wickets in the world. Uh, Aaron Finch may not agree today, but in general, the best runner between wickets in the world. But he's no longer the guy that, you know, going flat back, Dale staying back over his head at the MCG, is he? Yeah, I think for the for the guys that were watching any IPL, they would have actually looked at the way he played. Um, and he got lots of runs. He had a very successful time. But I think he evolved as a player. And, and to the way that you're saying, he evolved in a way that he was getting twos when they should have been singles, um, singles when they should have not been a run, threes when they should have been twos. You know, he was very smart about pushing the fielders hard. I think it's one thing doing that um, when... Generally, his teams were not chasing particularly high scores. I think in England, we're going to see in this World Cup, the better teams are going to get big scores. So you have to, at some point, be able to push that button to actually clear the ropes or at least be hitting uh, a number of fours up front to get ahead of the rate and then your twos and and threes maybe um, sort of whittle down that score but uh, you're seeing your big teams your India hit bombs for fun Um, West Indies England uh, New Zealand the other day Uh, Afghanistan they're not one of the big teams you watch they whack it out of the ground you know if you get one of these teams and and one player has a day out like Jason Roy did uh, yesterday and they get 150 that's a pretty big dint into any score Essentially, the, the biggest problem seems to be if, if you take away Warner's form, would be the fact that Australia had to bat so within themselves because they have a short batting lineup. Now, India obviously do this as well, but India have been doing it for four years. These guys, like you know, Shikhar Dhawan, made the hundred today. It's almost not worth mentioning an Indian hundred anymore because one of them makes one almost every game. That isn't the case with Australia. So it, even even with a Warner and Smith making runs, neither of them went on to make a hundred. Do you think they're batting that defensively because they don't trust their middle slash lower order? I think they're trying to follow that Indian blueprint that your best players, um, because a couple of years ago, India were in a similar sort of place. Um, maybe not quite uh, to that extent, but, but they wanted their big four to get runs. 
and that is why they're reaping the rewards now because they've got six, seven, eight who are going to clean up as well. That's when you become a fantastic team. Australia, unfortunately, getting their two big guns back so late on in the piece, they didn't really know the formula that they were fully going to go with. So there's a bit of unknown um, in Stoinis, Coulter Nile, um, Carey. You know, these guys are obviously very fine players, but um, it's one thing to do it uh, international debuts when it's not a World Cup. You chuck in the mix, it's a World Cup. You're asking an awful lot of people to go in from ball one and just start smashing it out of the ground or even scoring at a runner ball in pressure situations. It's just very, very difficult. And I think that's the one thing that Australia are going to find may go against them further down uh, the tournament, that they're so reliant on that top four getting big runs. One of them has to get 100, if not basically two of them, to get these 350 sort of scores. And I think we saw both of Australia's weaknesses today. One is the fact that they're so worried about that, that batting lineup and how shallow it is. The other one is that they don't have five frontline bowlers and they don't perhaps have four frontline bowlers if Adam Sampa's form continues. Um, you, you could see that them trying to juggle Maxwell, Stoinis and Zampa today. I'm not sure that's going to work in knockout games. I, I'd have to agree. Um, Stoinis, to, um, sorry, Zampa to me looks like he's rushing a bit. He's trying to get a lot of pace on the ball. And what that actually does from a leg spin point of view, he's losing his front side, he's losing his left arm. So he's not actually getting as many revolutions on the ball. He's not getting as much side spin as he used to do because he's more a offer a little bit of side spin and then he's googling straight to balls and getting the wickets balls LBs or people playing across the line uh, that is going out of the uh, of the equation a little bit because he's getting a little bit direct it's all a bit samey samey um the one thing I would add to that, it's not an easy place to bowl the over when it's a flat pitch like it was today. It's a good pitch. And he's, bo- he's bowling against the best players of spin in the world. That is no mean feat. So don't judge him on that because they are so, so, so proficient at playing spin. Judge him on the next game if he goes about it in a similar way. I'd actually judge him on his pitch map because he bowled about six balls that were half trackers today. And I don't think any international spinner can get away with that against any team. I think even if you bowl them against Afghanistan. But is a very fair point. Right now, having just seen that game, can Australia win the World Cup? Yeah, oh, they've got star quality. They need everything to go their way, though, I believe. I think there's three or four teams that are that are just edging them uh, as a better outfit. Uh, by that, I mean they've got five very good options with the ball and maybe the sixth is probably better than their fourth or fifth at the minute. And they've got better options batting down to seven and eight. But... It only needs Stark to have a day out. It only needs Warner Smith to have a day out. They've got... They've got Lots of armoury there. They just need everything to align and be perfect for them. So here's TalkSport 2's Scott Taylor looking at what else is happening in the competition. Hi, I'm Scott Taylor and away from Australia against India at the Oval. Here's what else is happening at the Cricket World Cup. Owen Morgan's England broke yet another record on Saturday, scoring their highest ever World Cup total by smashing 386 for six in their convincing win over Bangladesh in Cardiff. Well, that was largely thanks to an incredible 153 from opener Jason Roy, the second highest score by an Englishman in World Cup history. But with an Ashes series looming large on the horizon, Morgan thinks the Surrey batsman is good enough to feature in that. Is every attribute to be a test cricketer, um, whether that's now or in a couple of years' time, but he certainly has all the attributes, yeah. Well, with both Keaton Jennings and Rory Burns failing to pull up any trees in the county championship so far this season, there's been a suggestion that Roy could open if he's given that chance, but the former England bowler Steve Harmison gave his advice to Roy. Go and dominate the Aussies. Go and dominate New Zealand's quick bowlers. Go and dominate India's quick bowlers. And if you do that, 
I tell you what, I'll be shouting from the top of this mountain and shouting his name. But I would probably want him to bat three and not open a bat. So will he open? Will he bat at three? Or will he even be selected at all? The debate will no doubt go on in the weeks to come. But one slight concern for England is the form of spinner Adil Rashid. He's the leading wicket-taker in ODI since the last World Cup in 2015, but has taken just two wickets so far in this one. But he says there's more to his role than just taking wickets. I don't really look at the wickets column. I look at, you know, for me to come in, try create chances, you know, try do what I do. And, you know, the wicket column will take care of itself. Some days, you know, you will get wickets. Some days, you don't ball as well. You'll get wickets. Some days, you ball very well and get no wickets. So that's just cricket. Well, at one stage in that game in Cardiff, it looked as if Bangladesh were threatening to chase down England's highest ever World Cup total, largely thanks to an impressive 121 from the tournament's leading run scorer, Shakib Alassan. Having spent most of his career batting at number five, he's now enjoying his new role at number three. It's a better opportunity for me, you know, to contribute uh, more with the bat. So at this moment, I'm enjoying, uh, but having said that, you know, there are plenty more matches in this tournament and after that. Next up for England is the West Indies in Southampton on Friday, whilst Bangladesh plays Sri Lanka in Bristol on Tuesday. Elsewhere, New Zealand are quietly going under the radar. They now have three wins from three after beating Afghanistan by seven wickets in Taunton. It was some turnaround for Jimmy Neesham, who 18 months ago contemplated retiring from the game altogether, but it was his 5 for 31 that won the game for them it was also the best figures of the tournament so far. Well, can the ever-impressive Kiwis make it 4 from 4 when they face India at Trent Bridge on Thursday? Well, these two sides already have history of playing each other so far in England, and despite cruising to a six-wicket win in the warm-up match last month, Captain Kane Williamson is expecting another tough test. We know that India are one of the best sides in this tournament, so it'll be a really good challenge and the guys will look forward to it. Despite that slip-up at the Oval for India, they've normally been quite good against New Zealand in recent times, most recently winning 4-1 in a five-match series back in January. But despite that drubbing at home in January, the Kiwis batsman Tom Latham says familiarity is key. I think it's lucky that we've played India in five one days now, home summer, uh, just, just gone. So, um, you know, we have that knowledge around how they go about things and, and all their, I guess, weapons they've got, got in their side. Meanwhile, it's three defeats in a row for Afghanistan. Next up for them is South Africa on Saturday. Well, we turn our attention to the Proteas now, and they're back in action on Monday when they face the West Indies at the Aegeus Bowl. Their preparation in the build-up to this game has been dominated by the former captain, A.B. de Villiers, after it was revealed the Proteas decided against including him in their World Cup squad, despite making himself available. And after three straight losses, how they could have done with a player like him in the squad. But as they say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Well, it doesn't get any easier for Faf Duplessis' men, with Del Stain officially being ruled out of the tournament with a shoulder injury. But batsman Hashim Amla has warned that if they do click, like most teams in the tournament they can show they're capable of winning the entire thing. In this competition, all the teams are, uh, are pretty much, who, if they play well on the day, will be uh, vying for, for top honours. You feel that if they were to do that, then they must win all their remaining six matches. And Bayron Hendricks is expected to make his debut in Southampton on Monday. And the Seamer said it's beyond his wildest dreams to even be there. It would be... Uh... <laughs> Again, a dream come true to to be make an impact in with the side that you are at the World Cup. Um, you know, my my ambitions are to to perform at this World Cup. 
So can South Africa finally secure their first win of the tournament? Be sure to listen to Monday's following on podcast while they review that game and look ahead to Bangladesh against Sri Lanka. Uh, thanks to Scott Taylor there. Uh, let's look ahead to Australia's next game. They're playing Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan had a shocker in their last game, and by that I mean they were playing, I think, the worst team in this competition, Sri Lanka, and I include Afghanistan in that, even though they beat Afghanistan. Um, a terrible game for Pakistan to miss out on uh, that one, and now they've got to come up against Australia. Yeah, but I actually think the competition has started brilliant for them. They, you know, They took England and blew them aside when everybody was expecting just a complete one-sided game. Great start from them. Um, it would have been an absolute heart wrench to see that rain pouring the other day. Oh, they would have been looking at the matchups and going, blooming heck, how unlucky are we? But um, look, I think they'll be quite a confident team. And we see with Pakistan, when they're confident, generally, uh, they play their best cricket. I mean, I know that's a statement for any team, but they they take it to a new level. They seem to ride on that emotion. So if their emotions are very high, uh, they generally play pretty well. Australia, they need to get back on the horse, don't they? Um, a tough defeat today, I would imagine, not a surprise defeat for them. Um, so they'll want to they'll want to get out at, uh, at Pakistan and, and really put uh, a bit more of a marker down on a team where they'll feel like they should win. I, I had a look today. They, they were showing the stats of the um, batting lineups who were best against pace, and India was way out in, in front. I think they averaged forty when the ball's over one hundred and forty k, so it's at about eighty seven miles an hour or something like that. Um, Pakistan not as good. They are going to have to face Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins. And I would assume um, they're going to be a little bit upset from this last game. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the surface that's put in front of them. Um, we saw that England game. It was it was more of a slow, sluggish surface. Um, normally, you just see it flat and a bit skiddy at Trent Bridge. But that game, the slower balls and the back of a lens were stuck in. So they were allowed to play those sort of baseball sort of tennis slaps over mid on and mid off that were up in the ring. I don't think they're going to get that opportunity against this uh, Australian team. And like you say, they're going to be revved up. Cummings got serious pace. He's in the 90s. Stark, serious pace. And he's the left arm um, option, which is so, so difficult if he gets the ball swinging at all back into the pads. And if he doesn't, well, it's just as dangerous doing you on the outside edge at 93 miles an hour, whipping it into the slips. So it's a different proposition. I think it's uh, it's going to be tough work. But um, Pakistan, you may see, be a bit more sort of game savvy like in India were today. And they might try and see off those to and say right we can target four fifth six bowling options um, because we've seen India do it today I, I think that's going to be uh, Australia's problem moving forward yeah it will be very interesting um, thanks but well that's it from following on today make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode join us on Wednesday for your next installment following Australia and Pakistan we'll see you then The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 